The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hello, Dr. Ray. Hi, Dr. Ray. How are you? I'm sure I'm going to get really good advice from you. Well, I don't know about that. You know, I was looking for a deeper answer. You came to the wrong place. So what do I do? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. This is wonderful advice. This is what I needed to hear. You're right on track with this. You're right on track. Everybody make a mistake. Does that comfort you? No. Am I close? No. You are the best thing that has ever happened to people. Did I make you feel a lot better or what? No, you made me feel worse. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Mm-hmm. I see. That's one option. What might be another? Have you looked into the far-reaching consequences? What were you th- Oh, we're on the air? Oh! <laughs> ah, just doing show prep. Preparing for the show. That's all. Getting ready. Loosen up. You don't want to just immediately start talking. You could pull a lip muscle. That's happened before. And I start to sound yes, I can't, you got you got something really pulled. I am in the studios, EWTN in Birmingham. We've got the radio conference coming up. Actually, radio conferences, I don't know, it's kinda of like a land cruise. You eat every eight minutes, something like that. You know, we have the we have the the snacks in the morning right before breakfast. You don't want to eat on an empty stomach. People can get hurt eating on an empty stomach like that. In the studio here with me is my dear friend and I'm and my boss. But you know what? I'm so old, I don't care. Fire me. So what? I don't care. What are you going to do? At my age, life in prison is not very long. Okay? So Tom Price, my very dear friend that I met many, many years ago, he is there on the other side of the plexiglass. I have been told, and uh, Tom said this, that after me, of course, David Andrews comes in. Now, David's IQ, I don't know, David's IQ is somewhere north of 190 or something like that. I, on the other hand, am comparable in this programming schedule. I am the Wheel of Fortune, and David is Jeopardy. It's like going from kindergarten to your PhD in one hour. If you would like to get onto the program, number 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. All the lines are wide open. A little disappointed. Sometimes you people call before I even get on the air. But I'd love to hear from you. I definitely have missed being here. As I said, I was gone for a couple weeks. Longest I've ever been gone from this radio program. Forgot all kinds of things. Forgot the number. Forgot the place. I was in Rome. I was pretty obnoxious. The Carbonieri, I think, is what they call the cops in Rome couple times picked me up because I went over to just strangers. And I said, uh, is there anything uh, anything you want to talk about? Uh, problems in your life, situations? And I just heard, nukabish, nukabish English. Oh, okay. 877-57-EQUAL. That is the number to call if you'd like to get onto the program. If you have a question about something in your life that matters or doesn't matter, you think it should matter, but it doesn't. If you have a suggestion for somebody else, we get a lot of that. People will call in and say, I have something that happened to me similarly, and I think I can offer a good thought because, Dr. Ray, you fell short. Okay. All right. 
if you want to jump the line, the easiest way to do that is to disagree with me, to tell me where I'm wrong. Because if I cannot offer a rationale for what I said, then I hadn't thought it through clearly enough. Also, we've opened up another line of uh, call-in options, which is, and we, we had some good luck with this, people essentially saying, I want to share with you an insight that I had raising my own children, in my marriage, in faith, all the things of life that people, I wish with my listener, I have an audience now, I've spoken to Tom Price and he has the stats on this. My listening audience is very close to 200 people now. That's about 10 times what it was when I started. Uh, it was 20 when I started, but it's up around 200. And I would love to tap into your thoughts about living better. So that's another area where we open up the phone lines. 877-57-EQUAL. I gave advice, a thought, an idea to someone once in a bit of a life turmoil. Their response was this. Well, we'll see how it works out to know if you're right or not. That's not a good gauge of whether you're right. You can do the morally proper thing and it'll blow up in your face. We already know that in our culture. Those who do right oftentimes are most skewered. Years ago, many, many years ago, I was playing softball, tournament, little tournament, a little town called Minerva, Ohio. Before the game, kind of throwing the ball back and forth with my friends, a little five-year-old, for whatever the reason, came up behind me and started taking practice swings at my legs. My doctor says I'm allergic to aluminum colliding with my body at 25 miles an hour. I break out in these big red marks. So I looked out at the little guy and said, hey, that's enough of that. Knock it off. Would have been the end of the story, except my friends were there. This guy's a shrink. Knock it off. Well, okay. This is no rinky-dink shrink we're dealing with. In my car, I kept my Psych 604 developmental textbook. It's one of these big, thick tomes, about 800 pages. Has every known situation in it in the whole world. You never know. I keep it there. You never know when you're going to be on the road. And you have to do an emergency healing. Pull over. Look at the book. Looked up five-year-olds, five-year-olds with baseball bats. They give you this list of things to say. I was going to say them all. I'm going to take eight chances. Got a reputation. So I bent down to this little guy. Kind of like the veterinarians tell you. Don't tower over a wild animal. You know, let him smell your hand. I don't like being hit with a ball bat. Little expression of feelings, an eye message. I'm not comfortable with where your bat is coming from. I can't go with that. And I'll tell you what. <clears throat> put the bat down, please. Now, I had my hand on the barrel of his bat, guiding it to the ground. I want my verbal and nonverbal cues to be in sync. I didn't want to send mixed messages. But I'll tell you what. I got a ball here. <clears throat> you and I have play some catch. Little informal contingency contracting. Tried to put him on a variable ratio schedule. Maximum response effectiveness. This kid should have been putty in my hands. Only thing I could figure out, he didn't read my Psych 605 textbook. Because after I was done, he looked at me and he says, why don't you just get lost, jerk face? 
Now, <clears throat> not only did this not enhance my reputation among my friends, but I should have stuck with knock it off. Taught me a lesson. You can't grade your technique with anybody after one try. That is, if you're trying to do the right and proper thing. There is one very unpredictable element in that formula. Another person. You can't predict how they're going to react. People oftentimes will call this radio program and they will say, please tell me how to talk to so-and-so. Well, I can give you ideas on how to talk to so-and-so, but I can't give you any guarantee that so-and-so is going to accept those ideas or accept the way you talk. We tend to think that if we say it the right way, if our demeanor's proper, if we are gentle enough, then we'll get through. Uh, I've been a shrink a long time, and I know that's simply not the reality. You never judge the properness, the morality of your technique, of your approach, by how it turns out. Never. You can't do that. You can judge your technique. You can judge your properness. You can judge your moral approach by itself. But if you use another person's reaction to it, you're going to be misled. Who is the only person in history who never sinned? It's our Lord. He always spoke truth. They killed him. They did not like him in the highest ranks of the religious people. Is that because he just wasn't psychologically slick enough? He wasn't proper in his communication techniques? There's always another person on the end of your approach. 877-573-7825-877-57 equal. I am here in the studios. EWTN, down in Birmingham, actually not really in, in Birmingham, uh, Leeds, old, is it Old Leeds Avenue, Tom, that's where we are, Old Leeds Avenue, Irondale, Irondale right, we're Irondale, it's kind of a manly name of a, you know, it's not, it's not like Balsadale, you know, Irondale, yeah, manly, good to have you with me, give me a call, I'd love to hear from you. The doctor is in, now, don't you feel better? The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I told him about the woman who came to me and said her two children hadn't spoken to each other for two years. Their grandma died and she was very wealthy. She left half to each one. She said they're arguing over a commode. She said inlaid. Can you imagine being in hell? And somebody saying to you, what are you here for? EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. 
You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I would be afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. sure if I'm going to give Roman my best advice. Obviously, he wants to talk. <clears throat> I think he meant Jerry and Debbie, but he got me instead. I am plan B. Roman, are you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you were calling in to get uh, Jerry and Debbie's advice, not mine, huh? Well, yeah, I'm very good with phones, and she said I messed up, and she said try you. See, that's the trouble with this old man. But anyway. Try, try you. What do you got to lose, right? <laughs> right. What do you got to lose after 70-some years? And Ah, you're just a pup. You're just a pup. So, my question you're, you're thinking was, of getting pulled into this dispute, was, right, with your daughter? Well, yeah, I didn't realize what it was until... Well, actually, I talked to the kids uh, individually here about six months ago because after my wife died two years ago, and then I noticed when we get together, them two never say anything to others. So I said something to the son. Well, he's 40, his sister's 42, and they're both married. But anyways, he's he's married to, they went to, they got married. She was married before divorce. And anyway, what, what he told he all he said, he says, Oh, that's their, their family. They're always disputing, which they do. His my son-in-law, his him and his folks don't get along. He, they're always fighting with somebody. He says that's all it is. So I asked my daughter and son-in-law. They said no. He knows what's the matter. Five years ago, five years ago last June, when we celebrated our fiftieth wedding anniversary, one of my nieces, some father offices, who are these? Who are these people who would be like mice? Roman, my friend, you're losing me. You're losing me in the characters. Um, I suspect, here's what I think is going on. You're trying to decide whether or not to immerse yourself in the middle of somebody's conflicts among your kids. Is that right? Right, right. Well, that's an easy answer. I'm going to remember this answer on the basis of your name. You better think about roaming away. Okay. I'll tell you what, my friend. First of all, if you get in there and you're listening to one, you're hearing that perspective, 
and then you listen to the other and you hear that perspective, there's a pretty good chance that one or the other is going to go back to their partner, their spouse, and say, well, you know, my dad agrees with me, or my father-in-law agrees with me, and you're thinking to yourself, that's not exactly what I said, but they're using me as a witness. That's dangerous turf. What I would suggest, my friend, is that when they complain about the other, or you are tempted to figure out what's going on, uh, hold your powder. Keep your powder dry. Because it's real risky turf getting in the middle of that. So, I just thoughtful. pray and let them do like I've always been doing. I just pray for them all and pray that's, that they, you know, have forgiveness and that they can't work it out. I guess that's their problem. Yeah, your your ability to fix it might be pretty limited, especially if they're both coming from diametrically opposed views about this marriage. And you're trying right. to get in there and play play the uh, arbiter. Watch out, because that, that that's dangerous. I mean, I, I do marriage counseling, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> that's some of the toughest stuff that I do. And I'm in the middle of a therapeutic environment. So be... In the words of a very smart cartoon character, be very, very careful. Thanks, Roman. James from uh, Pensacola, Florida. I must have said something pretty cool because James remembered it. Hi, James. Yo, James. Yes. There you are. uh, I thought I was going to lose a compliment there. Okay, sir. Oh, no, I, I plan on giving you one. I'll take it. And the first thing I want to share with you is that my wife and I enjoy your show on EWTN, on the, on the TV. And so uh, we were watching one night, and you were sharing about Alzheimer's. And, and see, my wife and I have been married almost 15 years in December, and we observed that you shared, you know, with a woman, you know, with holding her hand and and saying, I love you three times. And that really touched my wife and I's heart very much. And I just wanted to let you know, we appreciate you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, James. And I will tell you, um, <clears throat> you wrote that compliment. You said that compliment exactly as I wrote it. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna think you were gonna read it verbatim like that. But you did. It's very nice. I appreciate that. I'm glad, my friend. What uh, do you remember? Where we were? Do you remember where we were broadcasting from when you watched that show? What oh, city? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. It, I think it was in Arizona. I'm not sure. Out that way, huh? Okay. Did I have Father Mitch on with me or Father Larry? No, not that time he didn't. Okay. He didn't have any guests on that time. All righty, my friend. Well, thank you. I, I just want to let that. you know also that I'm a first-time caller. Well, thank you. Maybe maybe you'll be a second-time caller. We, you, If you make it to three, we give you some kind of award. I haven't decided what that is yet, but uh, I've never had anybody make okay. it to three. <laughs> All right, James. All right. 
Thank you, my friend. God bless okay, you. God bless. Okay. Uh, oh, this is real. Well, I'll tell you what. Let, I want to get to Jessica, but this is a gentleman who called right at the top of the show. So even though we don't take calls on the basis of chronological order, I do have a certain sensitivity for those folks who've been waiting patiently. And we have an anonymous dad calling from Florida who's wondering, okay, my son is in the belly of the beast. Hi, sir. How are you? Very good. Thank you. So what's your concern about your young son here? Yeah, well, uh, he suddenly let me know at 18 that he had same-sex attraction. And now that he is 24 and living and working in Manhattan, I've been getting more concerned about his status as a man of God. He says he does go to Mass, but is not involved with his parish. Uh, when he would start to say anything about, when I would start to say anything about sexuality in the past, he would not say anything and seem close off from any conversation. But outside of that, he remains close to us. He talks with us uh, one to two times per week and travels with us. Uh, he does have women friends in his social life. In fact, he has kept in touch and has very close friendships with several women who went through Catholic school with him since pre-K-3. Uh, when he has gone to Europe on business, he has gone on side trips with one of the women in his office, not always the same one. Um, but I was thinking of sending periodic and quick emails to let him know I'm praying for him, uh, that he would follow the path toward being a man of God. But uh, what is your opinion about how am I proceed? Does he know that you have, over the years, talked to him, sent him messages about being a man of God? You've already done this before? Uh, I've tried to send him um, uh, these two videos that talk about uh, uh, different things, but uh, he uh, I don't sense that he... Oh, Watches them. Are you referring to something called Desire of the Everlasting Hills? Uh, no. That's a very uh, that's a very touching, heartfelt presentation, I believe, of three folks with same-sex attraction who have decided mm -hmm. to live their Catholic faith, which means to be chaste. Uh, there's a man named Paul Darrow, <clears throat> who I had on the TV show once who was an international model, extremely good-looking guy, who lived a mm -hmm. rather profligate life, he'll tell you that, uh, until one day when he saw Mother Angelica as he was flipping through the channels, and he saw her when she had her eye patch, and he called her a pirate nun, and he spent some time flipping back and forth between EWTN, listening to this little nun that he thought was crazy, and this porn channel. But she eventually got to him. God's grace got to him. So you might want to check out Paul Darrow, D-A-R-R-O-W. That said, uh -huh. okay. that said. And the first thing that you said, Desire of desire the Everlasting, of the everlasting Hills. Hills. Yeah, very, very nice Hill. video okay. presentation. All, All right. that said, my friend, um, you got to read your son. In other words, if you make these suggestions, guidance about being a man of God, he doesn't respond, or he shuts you off, or the conversation ends and he hangs up. 
then you realize, okay, you, you just let it rest. You, you love your son. The one good thing you got going for you is that he's calling you every day or every other day. And that's a huge connection. That is a major connection. I know there's a lot of folks listening to this program right now who have same-sex attraction, young adults who don't communicate with them whatsoever. I have a son like that, and he calls his mother constantly. So I think that relationship that you have with your son is probably the best thing to make him still keep that one foot in his religion. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get on to the program. About halfway through, but remember, you call any time in the program, you have pretty close to an equal chance of getting on the air. Father Benedict Rochelle. I must tell you that from what I observe from very young people, all of these blasphemers, all of these mockers are in for a tough time. Because the devil bites his own tail. And I find among young people a growing reverence and longing for God. I find a decline in the cynicism and skepticism around because it had to destroy itself. No one can live on being an enemy of God. It's too crazy. It's too absurd. It's too dark. It's too bleak. God is beautiful. God is holy. Why in the world mock God? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Those who deny the full humanity of the preborn will be toying with the sentiments of pro-life people. They will say, you can't really believe in the humanity of the unborn unless you support this or that piece of legislation. The pro-life position is quite different. We might well believe that we need to improve social conditions, but first of all, we believe that the preborn are a good to be protected. Even if born into poverty, even if born into unstable, violent homes, we want to eliminate those terrible conditions. But it is the height of arrogance to tell human beings like unborn children who cannot communicate or reason or stand up for themselves that they are better off dead. Because we know from our own experience that we would choose life and survival over death, no matter how poor our social environment. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Didn't want to leave any litter on the floor here. Again, my producer man, Andrew Krucek there in Ave Maria Radio Studios. This is a co-production of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and Ave Maria Radio Communications. My dear friend, and I, I, I see he's my boss. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. The, the thing about having a boss at my age, you can acknowledge that they're your boss, but you cannot care. It's like, you know, I'm not 40 anymore. So I was like, yeah, okay, what the heck? Throw me in the briar patch. What the heck? But Tom is a delightful human being as, as well as his wife, Adrienne. They're remodeling their kitchen, and they're running into the old 
well, we didn't know that looked bad. We better replace that. Well, you can't leave that like that because the contrast between what that looks like and that. So pretty soon they're just rebuilding their whole house all from one stove. You know the feeling. Now, Jessica, it's very few questions that I can answer with the number. But the number I'm going to give you. Are you there, Jess? Yes, I'm here. All right. The number I'm going to give you is 47. Okay. <laughs> so, so I feel like Jeopardy. Uh, because the question is, Jessica is saying... How much are you wagering, though? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Daily Double. I Jessica is saying, how old <laughs> can a kid be? How old does a kid have to be before you can start reasoning with him? I said 47. You know, so how old is your child, Jessica? He's about to have his sixth birthday. Oh, well, well, okay. You want the good news? You want the bad news? Give me the bad news first. All right. The bad news is you could be the greatest reasoner in the world, so what? <laughs> yes. The good news is you can still reason, but then you have to prepare to do something about it. Definitely. For example, let's say that, uh, well, tell me... One of the things he does that's probably uh, most daily frustrating for you. Um, basically, he only gets to see his father twice a month. And so after his father gives him undivided attention for an entire afternoon, then the next afternoon he's wondering, why do I have to help fold the laundry? Yeah, you're, you're a real drag. That's right, Jessica. You are just a major drag after <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> so you try to reason with him. You explain to him why he has to fold the laundry and why, indeed, he needs to learn responsibility and why, indeed, mom loves him and why, indeed, we'll all just get along. And he says, well, mother, I hadn't looked at it that way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for explaining it to me. You're so wise. That's why you're the grown-up and I'm the child. Let's... Let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya around the campfire. <laughs> see, Jessica, you can, parents will say this to me all the time. Well, can't you reason with kids? I say, yeah, you can reason with them. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but you can reason with them. But here's the thing, too. Reasoning follows the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. You know what the law of diminishing returns? You talk returns? a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. So you explain to your son why he has to fold laundry, and he doesn't agree. Now, Parents will come into my office, let's say, with a 15-year-old. And I'll, they'll say, um, I, I, she just doesn't understand why we have the limits we have. So I'll turn to the kid. I'll say, uh, why did your mom and dad have the limits they have? And the kid will put forth this explanation that is fantastically reasonable. So I get out the smelling salts. I revive the parent. <laughs> and the parent says, well, I didn't think they realized that. And I said, well, no, that's not the problem. The problem is not that they don't understand your reasoning. The problem is they don't agree with it. That's the bad news. So your son doesn't agree why he has to fold laundry or do chores. He knows why. He's, he's six. He probably could explain it to you. If you said to him, simple question, son. Why do we fold laundry? 
Well, because, you know, after you, after you wash them, uh, then you put them in the door and they, and they look really good in the door. And, and that's why you got to do it. Okay. See, we think that because somebody understands the rationale, they're going to act right. I know the rationale for acting right with about everything I do. And I only act right according to my rationale about half the time. Yes. So, shorten up the reasoning. I have a chapter in one of my books called Over-Reasoning. 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 If you, if you think you're missing something, so you keep trying to explain. And you know as well as I do with the law of diminishing returns, the more you say, the less you get listened to. Definitely. Sure. So, you're running into probably one of the most common things I see. Typically, more often with dads who are Disney dads on the weekend, the kids come home and it takes you three days to get them back into a cooperative routine. And accept that's your reality. Know it. But, you know, your husband, yes. your ex-husband, Jess, is, is playing with fire. Oh, we, we never got married, but yes. Okay. So dad is playing with fire. Now, do you know why I would say that? Oh, I, I'm aware. I, yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> Because you can't be a Disney parent indefinitely. Ultimately, the child will not be satisfied with your level of Disneyland. And they'll want more. And even Disney parents have their limits. They get frustrated. They get upset. They can't understand why the kid is spoiled or feels entitled. (laughs) And then they get angry. So right now he's six. He's real cute yet. He's still real cute. But when he's 11, it's not going to be so cute. So hopefully your son's dad will come to that realization. Time will tell. And rosaries will tell. So, yes. (laughs) Rosaries, huh? All right. I found that when I pray my rosary, I try to pray it in Aramaic. Uh, kneeling on broken glass, uh, because, well, except when I levitate. I try to levitate during the Our Father, you know, it's kind of the Lord's Prayer. But, but you uh, have to make sure you do voodoo as well. <laughs> voodoo? No, it's a joke. It's okay. a very bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jess, here's the thing. I'll give you the good news. Dads who are Disney dads... In some respects, that is the nature of their relationship with the child. But when your little guy is hurting or sad or crying or scared, he knows to go to the reliable parent. In your case, it's mom. You can't really have a solid relationship with a Disney parent. But one who... Makes demands. Yes, of I, you. I know. I know this, but Rob probably doesn't realize that, and yeah. he doesn't listen to a word I say. So I, yeah. I just have to do what I can from my side. I think <laughs> that's what you do, sweetheart, and um, keep the reasoning to a limit. At yes. some point, you say to yourself, "Well, you're not going to agree with what I say, so here's the way we're going to do it." Yes. All right, sweetheart. Thank you for the call. Thank you, Doctor Ray. I'll talk to you. Eight seven seven. Five seven three seven eight two five is the number to call to get on the program. Still have time here in the studios of EWTN, Eternal Word Broadcasting Network, Television Network. 
Good to have you with me here for the radio conference. Kind of neat. Get to see all the folks from the various affiliates. When I started on this program, we had something like 20 affiliates. It's somewhere between four and 500 now. Rather explosive growth. What are the three major sins against the first commandment? The Catholic Catechism lists them as tempting God, sacrilege, and simony. How can we tempt God? By putting his goodness and almighty power to the test. By word or deed, as Satan dared to do when he commanded Jesus throw himself down from the temple. He was trying to force God to act. Jesus rebuked the devil with God's word, You shall not put the Lord thy God to the test. The sin of sacrilege, profane sacraments, and other liturgical actions, as well as persons, things, or places consecrated to God. It is particularly grave when committed against the Eucharistic Jesus. Simony is the sin of buying and selling of spiritual things. It's named after Simon the magician, who attempted to purchase spiritual power from St. Peter. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. We listen to all kinds of things, as the Pope says. The radio, the TV, we listen to our phones, all kinds of other messages. But are we silencing ourselves enough that we may listen for God? The other thing we need to do is continue to educate ourselves on the faith. Are we listening to Catholic programming on a regular basis? Are we attending really good, healthy, faith-filled conferences to learn more from those who may be scripture scholars or apologists or maybe just a good talk from a spiritual leader or maybe watching a good video of a wonderful priest such as a Father John Ricardo or a Bishop Barron or someone else? So continue to, as Father John Harden used to say, educate, educate, educate yourself in the Catholic faith. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Real nice to have you with me on The Doctor Is In, Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. I've been informed that I am the only program, I'm kind of kind of fluffed up about this, on all of Catholic media who can take days off your purgatory because I can be so irritating to listen to. I don't know the actual number of days and I don't even know how they measure time in eternity, but uh, I looked it up. Yeah, I was reading Purgatory today. Yep. Megan, North Dakota. Hi, Megan. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fine. Yourself? Great. I've got a question for you. Yes, ma'am. So earlier this summer, my uh, husband's mother disowned him, and my husband and I are okay with that. There's a lot to the backstory, but we're we're okay with her not being an active part of our life. Um, recently, though, after she asked that we no longer contact her until he writes a letter apologizing for, you know, marrying me and all that stuff, um, she sent a birthday present to our son, and now she wants to FaceTime and see her grandson 
open his presents after she's told us she wants zero contact. So I, I don't know how to support my husband in this. It's not safe for our children to be around her, and she lives 800 miles away. But I don't know how to support my husband and make sure I'm not stepping in where I don't belong because this is between him and his mother, but my child, our children also, I don't want them exposed to her toxicity. That makes sense. The uh, son that she wants to talk to via FaceTime, how old? Oh, my kids are seven years old. They're very young. So she's, she'd have to go through one of us to, to do that. And we, she's asked us not to contact her. So it just, I don't know, it just seems very weird. It is weird. Um. Yeah. Obviously, we don't need to get into the details on how she decided she wants no more contact, but apparently this stuff has been brewing ever since he married you and you've kind of ruined his life, right? Uh, that You are spot on. Okay. So if he writes this letter of apology, how does that, how does he reconcile that by saying, okay, I'm going to apologize, I'll make it right, I'll get rid of Megan? Yeah, and he has no desire to renegotiate our, our marriage, which is good for me. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I have no idea what her thought process is. I, I believe there are mental health issues that are un, untreated on her end. Um, but I don't know how to not go about being the bad guy or not being the one to say, you know, you absolutely cannot have any contact with our children. Why would you, you Megan, why or, would you have to do that? Why can't your husband do it? Oh, I, and if that, I just want to support. I will not be talking. It would be more like what to encourage my husband to say or be strong with. Are you, are you thinking that he is of the same mindset of, as you, which is... She's written our yeah. family off, and therefore I can't really trust how she will communicate with our sons. So it's a little bit too dangerous a situation emotionally, and it's best that she not have contact with them. Is that where he's at? Yes, that is where he's at. But we also have presents that went open, so... My my thought is, do we write a thank you letter for the present yeah. or... Yeah, write the thank you letter. Yeah. That's a nice thing to do. But yeah. in terms of yeah. her having some kind of ongoing contact and your husband saying, I don't think that's a good idea, that takes you off the hook because mm -hmm. he made the decision. Yep. And I, I think where my conflict is is... Where do we go about, like, with our Christian duty of invite? Like, I don't know. I don't want to be one of those people that just writes off a family member. But no, I, when I like there's that. un... I like that attitude. Yeah. Here, here is one of the things that comes up a lot. <clears throat> Somebody says, this particular person has been so pathological for so long that we really risk our emotional well-being, letting this person have contact with our family. However, as you said, one way to balance this would be if she wants to have some kind of FaceTime with your sons, okay, you'll be in the room. 
and you'll just watch her interact with your little seven-year-old. If she gets inappropriate at all, you say, hey, mom, we got, well, you probably don't call her mom, but hey, Janet, we got to go. So you're monitoring the whole thing. Uh, You could do that. She's not going to do any damage with you being right there. She's not exactly saying, okay, have your sons come and stay with me for two weeks where I am and you're not around. I mean, that certainly would be, in your mind, too risky. But on the other hand, yeah. you can say, all right, we'll send you a thank you note for the gifts. And uh, if you if you want to have contact, go ahead. But you can also put limits on the contact. In other words, if she's calling every other day, forget that. You can say, hey, about, about once a month, give us a buzz. Okay. But, it, but again, if your husband says, no, I don't even want that, well... All right, he's made that decision. Yeah, and yeah, and it might be a nice knowing the, me knowing the backstory. He would have a very valid reason for saying, you know, zero contact. It's, yeah, but my my heart is just worried about are we being, you know, the, they are her grandchildren, and as talk as mean and, and evil and cruel as she is, it's. I don't know. It's, I'm going to say something's going to get. I'm going to say something's going to get me in trouble. With some of our listeners, All right. and I know it's going to get me in trouble because I've gotten emails about this. My experience as a shrink has been, <clears throat> it's not all that common for somebody to be pathologically dangerous. It's much more common for them to be absolutely difficult, absolutely nasty, absolutely unpredictable emotionally. That's much more common. But they really can't do any damage other than just to be totally obnoxious. So if that's the case, this is a history of a woman who's just been so hard to relate to. She she didn't abuse him. She didn't punch him in the face. She didn't uh, take your credit cards and run up an $8,000 bill. Nothing like that. Her personality is just difficult. She's really hard to relate to. In that case, you can do an awful lot to mitigate her effect. Mm-hmm. I, I'm working on a book and, right now, and I'm, I'm working right even on this. The, as we talk, this page, I'm saying that more relationships break up, not because of serious pathology, but because mm-hmm. of chronic irritants. She says these things, she acts this way, she accuses us of this, she she lies about that, she she starts rumors, those kinds of things. And if you say to yourself, that's not the lady that lives six doors down, so I can pretty much ignore her. If you say, that's my mother, you're kind of in yeah. a position to have to lessen her ability to throw you for a loop. Yeah, and and she um some of those things you listed those are in her past. Yeah. You know where it's not just the not just the difficulty but there has been, you know, credit card issues and things like that that have gone on. So there I mean emotionally I think she can be very damaging to people around her but there is also a risk of of actual like other types of harm, you know, for, from well, her. Well, that's end. a different so case. 
that's a different case. If there's yeah, but but I will say this though, and and this is something I'll do on a future monologue on this. The term emotional abuse, I'm really uncomfortable with it, and one of the reasons I am is because our emotions and how we react to another individual is still very much under our control. So you yeah. can you can yell at me, you can accuse me of stupid, nasty things, and in your mind you're trying to mistreat me, but in my mind I'm not letting you mistreat me. What do I care that you're saying that? So mm-hmm. the, the dividing line, it sounds for you, Megan, is... Can this woman harm us or our children in ways we can't do anything about? Or or is it one of these situations where she's just an obnoxious, petty, small-minded human being that's hard to take? And if that's the case, you can say, well, all right, um, I'm not going to write her off totally. I'll, I'll let her have uh, minimal contact with the kids, but I will always be present to do that. That'll that'll yeah. maybe assuage your Christian duty. Yeah. Well, thanks. Right. I appreciate we I appreciate everything. You have you're, a great day. You're welcome. Thanks, Megan. This is Dr. Ray. I'm going to say I'll be back, but that's really a dumb thing to say. Because where am I going to go? Or if I say, don't go away. Well, what you, you wanted to go to the bathroom, but I said don't go away, so now you can't go anywhere. Or something like, Stay there. Just, you know what it is? That's when hosts don't know what else to say. I'll just say, I'm Dr. Ray. Call now for great advice from Dr. Ray. Now, don't you feel better? Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Logging for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Can smelling certain scents improve our memories? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. When my wife and I had COVID in late 2020, we both lost our sense of taste and smell. In my case, I continued to have issues with my sniffer for a few months. Then I read a study that suggested smelling bold scents could help restore the connection between the nose and the brain. Sure enough, smelling fresh lemons every day seemed to help me recover. No wonder I love the aroma of lemons and incense. Another study, though, indicates that older folks who smelled fragrant essential oils got better sleep and improved memory and thinking. Brain scans confirm they got better. Be careful, though. Some essential oils can be harmful if inhaled over time. Always consult your doctor. Side note, from Genesis 2 to Revelation 18, there are more than 200 references to perfume, odor, and smell. For more on the study, look for our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out.
Last few minutes of the program here at the EWTN Radio Studio. My friend Andrew Kruchek and my friend Tom Price both managed, no, I can't say managing, uh, personing this whole program. Good Lord permitting, on the 28th of October, I will be at St. Angela Marisi, or if you're Italian, Marici, Catholic Church. That's in Missouri City, Texas. So if you want any kind of contact information, that's near Houston. So those of you in the Guadalupe area, one of our great, great uh, Internet affiliates, a lot of 40-some stations, Guadalupe's really shown you how it can be done. St. Angela Marisi Catholic Church, Missouri City, October 28th. It's a Saturday afternoon, so you want to be there. Love to see you. Uh, I'm looking at the clock here, a couple of minutes I got an email. She basically said that I was minimizing the historical and emotional abuse of a parent. That, in fact, people can be scarred for life and never, ever recover. Now, one of the things I said, I normally don't respond to something like that, but I said to her, I said, scarred for life and never recover. Are you basically saying that the Holy Spirit cannot reach you? That psychology trumps grace? Yes, I certainly can understand that it can set into motion a lot of things, but this woman was in her 60s, and she was still talking about her childhood. And I thought to myself, although I didn't say this in my response, I thought to myself, so you've been living for 50 years with this still? tormented and haunted by it do you not give yourself the the emotional strength to get past some of this stuff and along a parallel track many of the people i see in therapy who have written off family members if you were to summarize it you'd use the word difficult the family member is difficult they're unpleasant they're emotional, maybe they're accusatory, they're erratic, but they're not, it's mostly personality stuff. It's not something where you say, you got to separate from this person no matter what, because this is scary. That's not anywhere near as common as your personality is so ugly, I don't want to deal with it. If that were the case, I'd be written off by a lot of people. So given all that, Remember this. This is this is the takeaway. You have enormous power to not let people's words and conduct destroy you. You may not like it, and I'm not saying it's pleasant, but what I am saying is that you are the final arbiter of how much this gets to you. All right, I'll just brace myself for the email. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Dr. Ray Garendi. The program, The Doctor is In, The Doctor is Out. Walk with God. He's not going to be difficult. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. 
The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.